AC Parent Podcast, a resource aimed to equip, encourage, and exhort families at McLean Bible Church. We hope this is a helpful resource as you shepherd your children for the glory of God. Thanks for listening. Well, hey, everyone. We are so excited for today's episode. We are joined here with Eliza Huey, the Director of Counseling at McLean Bible Church. Eliza, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm happy. The sun is shining today, so we're recording on a sunny day, and that that always helps. That is That is definitely something that helps. And you are a pretty new addition to the McLean family. How long have you been on staff for? Um, yeah, I came on the middle of February, so I was there for about oh three, four weeks, and then we were all sent home. <laughs> <laughs> so you've spent a lot of your time thus far looking out that window, enjoying the view. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm excited for today because we are talking specifically about something I think that is really pressing today, and I want to paint a picture here. I think back to 2008. I was in college and I had just gotten my first iPhone ever. It was one of the newer iPhones. Mm -hmm. I don't even think that Instagram was a thing. Netflix hadn't even come out with an app yet. And phones were pretty new in terms of like what the iPhone was capable of. And then I think to 2020 uh, sitting here and it's like, I feel like I've got this third arm that's attached now that I can't let go of this phone. And and we know that phones and screens are all around us. They're a problem. So the question I would start with is what should we do about this? Like, is it worth as parents us doing anything, like trying to keep up with this? Like, how should we approach this? Yeah. I mean, that's a big question. And I think it's parents are definitely Uh, feeling that. And probably the best way to describe why that is such a struggle is um, what you just even said. Like you remember getting your first smartphone. I remember that. Um, Our children aren't going to remember that. That's not going to be a milestone necessarily in their life. Our kids are basically what we call digital natives. So they were born into this. This is their territory. This is their land. This is their language. And parents, for the most part, um, well, we've all adopted really well to social media and and just living in a digital world it's we're not natives we have been brought in to this so uh, we're pilgrims in it and we're paving the way in a lot of ways so our kids are always going to be a little bit ahead of us and um, that can be a struggle but I think the best thing that parents can do is to recognize that this is a conversation that you need to have with your children often and a lot. Like there's going to be lots of conversations that you're going to have while you're raising your kids about screens. And that landscape is going to change with the different ages that your kids and stages that your kids go through. So just being flexible, being open with the fact that we need to keep communicating about this, that this isn't just a once and done we figured out how to do this. Uh, we're, we're all still figuring it out. So yeah. keeping that communication open is key. Yeah, that's that's really good, Eliza. And one of the things you mentioned was just talking about how um, the students, there are children and students, they're native. This is what they mm-hmm. what they grow up um, learning, the language that they speak. Um, I guess my question is: is it is it all good? Like, is there some good, some bad? Um, are 
are there things that we need to be intentionally mindful of as a parent um, when it comes to the amount of screen time that our children and our students and teenagers are having? Right. You know, it's, it's, it's good that you kind of you ask it in that way because I think sometimes we can fall on one side or the other and we kind of think, well, screen time is bad. But I think we've actually come a long way. I mean, I think there was a time where we were very concerned as our kids launched into um, just media use in a way that we have really never seen before, that you can kind of almost have a retraction to it and say, oh, this is this got to be bad. But there's a lot of really good things about mm-hmm having social media, having a, a, a smartphone, being able to connect online, we're seeing that especially now where, where we're also separated because of this pandemic. Like now we're seeing how valuable it really is. Um, so it's not all bad, but it's definitely not something that we can assume is all good. So mm-hmm. it, we have to move into it with a a sense of of uh, prudence and wisdom and and being on our guard, and we have to train our children to actually move into it with kind of uh, walls up or or like a, a a boundary already set for us, and thinking like, okay, I got to filter through this, assuming that every social media app is designed to get you hooked, and so there's going to be some kind of a draw to it. Even if it's, you can kind of already tell like, oh, maybe this wouldn't be good. There's going to be some kind of a draw that that makes you want to go back. And so it takes a lot of wisdom, takes a lot of prudence. I wouldn't throw it all out and say it's all bad, but um, I would definitely not say it's all good. Yeah. So kind of a, a mixed bag. Now, what do you think when it comes to like when we take a step back and we think even beyond because it's so tough, you know, to narrow it in, whether it's like a phone screen or an iPad screen, or there's an Apple Watch screen, like it's just there's mm-hmm. screens everywhere that like I even think like our minivan, we've got a screen in it. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you think when it comes to an overall screen boundary for each respective age group? Like, what do you think about that? What does that look mm-hmm. like? Should we try to enforce those things? Or, you know, I think through almost in our situation, sometimes like, being totally honest, it's like, man, the kids are going crazy. Let's just put on the screen. It's easy. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it is hard because screens are ubiquitous. They are everywhere. And um, sometimes they're in places that you kind of scratch your head and go, why is there why is there a screen here? But they're, they're everywhere. I mean, you can't pump gas without uh, having a screen so in front true. of you, really. Um, so I think the thing is is that we do have to think through what boundaries do look like and um, knowing that they are going to be in every part of our life and knowing that sometimes they're going to be super valuable. But I always encourage parents to have some places that are still kind of sacred for no screens. Um, And that can be challenging to figure out where that is. And I will say that it's going to look different in every home. So here's an example. I I knew one family who had, they made the decision that in the car, there would be no screens because they, they had a certain amount of time with their kids, taking them to soccer practice or driving them to or from school, that that was like the only time, because their schedule was so busy with multiple kids, that was the only time they really had to kind of talk through life and, and share how things are going and so forth. So they made it a rule like no screens in the car. I'll just be honest. For me, like that's the number one place I would want the screen. (laughs) So I can drive through the DC traffic without the stress of conversation that may end up in 
maybe difficult uh, places with kids, multiple kids in the car. So um, you have to decide for your own family what's going to be the best uh, boundaries. And but but make sure, make sure there are some spaces that you have where you just say we're we're shutting it down, we're putting them away, That's we're good. actually playing a game. Um, now mm. I just had my kids over for Mother's Day and and we played a game together and it was on a screen and that was a great fun way to to do it you know so it doesn't mean that just because i mentioned that like oh we have to play games and it can't be with a screen like know your family know what's going to work best but also know that the, it, there needs to be some space that isn't occupied by the screen and i would just really mm. encourage parents to find that for you. Maybe it is in the car or maybe it's at the dinner table or maybe yeah. now that we're all home together, maybe it's at the breakfast table. You start your day that way, but allow there to be some space that you recognize like we're going to put them away and this is how much time we're going to put them away for and join your kids in that. Don't set a boundary that only applies to them. Let this be something you're mm. all doing because let's just be honest, we need help managing screen time <laughs> yeah. as well. Yes, yeah, that's that's that's, that's so true. Um, and I think one of the things I think about too, what you said, Eliza, was really good. Just about having thinking about those boundaries, doing it together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Maybe let's say you know we have some parents that maybe their kids are a little older and they haven't really had these boundaries yet, and so now they're trying to think about okay. I think I want to start to enforce these boundaries. Um, is there, might there be a challenge there of like how does how do parents basically have these conversations without seeming like um, they're being too strict, or, or maybe mm -hmm. is there a heart attitude behind it that parents should have versus just being legalistic about it? Like, how do we balance those thoughts? Yeah, it's that's a good question. And I think a lot of parents are going to be asking that because, um, you know, what ends up happening a lot of times is uh, kids are given a screen as a gift, um, as a like maybe a Christmas present or a birthday present. Maybe they've been given a, their first smartphone at some kind of a as as a means of just like here, this is now kind of a, a rite of passage for you. Um, and it can feel a little bit like, oh, we didn't think through what this meant. You know, now we're seeing that our child is just always on their phone and um, whether it's through social media or texting or games or whatever, it just feels like we didn't realize how significant this was going to be and now what do we do? So I think it's a great question that a lot of parents struggle with. The thing that I really want to encourage parents with is, and I actually, I say this in the book that I wrote, like a screen should never stop you from being a parent. Like you can mm -hmm. still parent them even when you maybe didn't think that it was going to have the same impact that you thought it might when you when they were given a, a, a screen of whatever sort it is. And so as a parent, you get to speak into that. You get to let them know. And one thing I encourage parents is just be honest with your kids. Mm -hmm. Just go to them and let them know like, hey, we didn't realize the impact that this was going to have. And we know that like now kind of pulling back is going to feel hard for you. Um, so be understanding, be compassionate mm -hmm. to your kids in knowing that, but help them see why. Like mm -hmm. talk with them about what you're seeing and what your concerns are and why mm -hmm. you feel you need to make this decision that's going to be best for them and, and bring them into that. Like explore. Mm -hmm. Have have you felt yourself maybe 
isolating a little bit more from the family? Or have you felt, I mean, parents name things like moodiness that they've seen in their kids or um, just a, a difficulty paying attention. And so asking your kid, like, are these things you've kind of noticed in yourself? Um, kids actually, believe it or not, p- kids actually recognize, I've, I've especially like middle school and high school kids begin to recognize like, man, this thing occupies so much of my time. And I've actually engaged um, kids in that conversation of just knowing like they want some limits. Um, but for parents, I would just encourage you to, to, to let them know like, hey, I wish I would have went into this differently. I didn't. Yeah. And so I understand this is going to feel like restrictive after having a lot of freedoms, but this is this is part of parenting that we feel we mm-hmm. need to walk with you in. That's good. Well, now I need to ask the big question, and this is a fun question to get to ask um, because a lot of times I'm in this middle ground of like, I'm the student pastor that is being asked this by parents. Mm -hmm. But then as a parent, I'm like, ooh, I've got a lot of time or I I think a lot of time to be able to be able to come up with an answer to this. But what do you think when it comes to social media and the ages in which we should be letting kids have social media? Yeah, that's tricky. Um, Well, (laughs) what I will say is most social media apps have an age limit. And so I would really, really encourage parents, respect those age limits, use those age limits. That is a nice thing that social media apps still have on there. And some of them even have certain parameters within the app. So you can get TikTok if you're a younger um, kid, but I think it's like 13, you can get TikTok. But you can't DM, you can't send direct messages to people who are not your, you know, that has the option to send messages to to strangers um, until you're 16. So use the apps first and foremost. Start there because what ends up happening is a lot of times parents feel a lot of pressure from their kids um, to get those apps and they kind of cave and end up giving them to them when the apps themselves are not recommending that that Mm -hmm. age of a child have those social media apps. So start with the app. Um, but then I would say, you know, if you're, if you're then within those parameters, then you have to look at your child individually. How are they managing their time without the app? And, um, how are they engaging with the family without the app? And does this seem like this would be a good thing to introduce right now? Mm -hmm. Um, and the other thing I would really say is talk with your kids about which apps you're going to you're going to move forward with and why that one and why not others you know like yeah. really have a conversation about this is why we're doing this one and not that one um for our kids when they were growing up they they were at the time this this tells you how old my kids are facebook was first and foremost the main um platform Hello? and then it moved to Instagram <laughs> and uh, we just told them you you can choose one you get one <laughs> and so um, you know just having those conversations is really important of of engaging them in why and why not um, but you're gonna have to know your child so there isn't necessarily an age like a like a when but it's more specific to like how am I going to do this and what am I going to um, decide with them is going to be best. And then, like I mentioned, do it with them. Don't just say, okay, here's an app you can have. Like sign up with them and explore it with them so that you're familiar 
since, like we said, they're the digital natives, you let them kind of help you learn the way in it as well. So my question, um, some of the things you mentioned, um, Eliza, was talking a little bit about, you know, different social media apps. Um, You mentioned a few. Um, What are some good resources out there that parents can or that you recommend that parents can read up on? You know, whether it's information about social media, what do these apps do or um, how does screen time work? I mean, of course, uh, you wrote a book on this particular topic as well. So maybe tell us a little bit about that. Sure, sure. I'll just give you a couple resources that might be helpful. And yeah, I wrote the book, uh, Raising Kids in a Screen-Saturated World. And in it, I really just try to give parents some very practical tips, try to keep it short and simple so we can, as parents, actually get through a book because <laughs> finding time <laughs> to read a book is difficult. Um, <laughs> but in there, it has specific tips on walking with your kids through the whole understanding of like how to engage this world that is just flooded with screens. I also give some age appropriate questions that you can ask your kids starting with preschoolers all the way up to high schoolers. So that can be a helpful resource, I hope, to uh, parents out there. The other one I would recommend is called The TechWise Family by Andy Crouch. I don't know if either of you have have read that or heard of it. Um, he does a great job. And again, it's mm. it's a readable size. It's not It's not too... Um, too much. But he, one of the things I'll highlight from that book is he gives something called the 10 tech wise command uh, commitments. And that could be a great way for parents to kind of think through, okay, what are some of the commitments we want to, we want to do as a family when it comes to screens, things like what's a, what's a, what's going to be our family's cutoff time for being on Mm. our screens? What time of day are we going to put them to bed and where are we going to do that? And so it just gets really practical with that. Um, So those are, those are two resources that I think can be helpful. Um, There's another book by um, Tony Ranke by called 12 ways your phone is changing you. And that would be a Mm. little bit more of a a deeper dive and, uh, but helpful for parents to kind of think through. Thank you so much for those resources. And I know the 10 commandments or the 10 commitments you talked about, like I've read through those and those are, are really good. So folks, you heard it here. Uh, this maybe we'll just go ahead and say that this is like a bookmark for the kids. And then maybe we just need to have Eliza back on and we need to talk about phones and us because there's so much yeah. to talk about in mm-hmm. this world. Uh, but Eliza, we definitely thank you so much for jumping on and, and hanging out with us for a little bit. Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. Glad to be here. All right. Well, now it is time for the family challenge. Chris, what do you got this week? Well, Eliza gave a really great uh, note when she mentioned she knew a family who had um, taken some time where they focused their time in the car that week on not being on their phones or screens and just having conversation. And um, I think we want to challenge you as a family. What would it look like to take are you ready for this? 24 hours. That's a full 24, 24 hours. hours. I know. But as a family, maybe pick a day where maybe like a Friday night into Saturday night or Friday morning into Saturday morning or something over the weekend. But pick a time where together you decide, okay, we're getting away from individual screen time for 20, the next 24 hours and see see if you can make it through the full 24 <laughs> hours. And in that time, there's lots of good things you can do. You can uh, you know, get some outside time now that the weather is a lot nicer. Take advantage, of, like Eliza said, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you can't use your screens, like, you know, play a game as a family. 
if you have to use screens, maybe you watch a movie together or something that you're doing, but away from the individualistic screen time and, and doing stuff together for a full 24 hours. Well, I think it's doable, you know, because like Eliza said, there was a day for us, we can remember, for you as parents, you can remember, like we didn't have phones. So I think the exciting thing is that you almost get to lead your students into the realization that there was once life without phones and that they will in fact make it after that 24 hours is over. So I think that's a great challenge, Chris. So you could tack it on. It's like a, uh, you could say this, we're going to teach you a little about history today. And this is how mom and dad grew up. And we're going <laughs> to mom and dad grew up without, um, you know, computers or smartphones or maybe not computers, but, uh, just give them a, l- a little history lesson, you know, we could make it educational. And I like to think if you have one of those phones that you actually have to like stick the finger in and you like you spin the thing around to dial it there's probably a name and parents are cringing hearing me say this right now not knowing the name of it like a dial-up phone like you can teach your kids about the dial-up phone but it's a good family challenge for you guys to take so definitely want to encourage you guys 24 hours phoneless challenge lock them in a box hide them somewhere and have some fun as a family thanks for joining us today we hope this was helpful for you Don't forget, you can subscribe to this channel to receive all of the newest podcasts, as well as to submit questions, you can email us at parentpodcast at mclanebible.org.